Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Daily New Year's Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Bollinger. And, you know, every other Wednesday, I love delivering life-changing, exciting, and actionable content to people just like you, people who could be doing anything else with their time right now, but you're here investing your time in this podcast, and I'm so thankful that you are. I appreciate it so much. You know, I jump on Zoom calls with people all around the world, people far wiser than myself, and I love talking to them about how they came to be where they are today. Success, failure, strategy, trial and error, inspiration, motivation, focus. I like to cover all of these things so that people around the world, people just like you, can apply these lessons to your own life in your own unique way and start making the changes, the positive changes in your life that you want to see. And today I'm connecting with a guy named Tyler Christensen. Tyler is a teacher, author, speaker, entrepreneur, and family man. He spent 15 years in classrooms as an elementary, middle school, and university instructor. Tyler has published two books, is the founder of a national recruiting service for student athletes, an academic journal for those preparing to teach, a web design firm specializing in celebrity websites, I can't wait to dive into that one, and Virtual School Assembly, a brand new platform serving students stuck at home during the COVID-19 crisis. Tyler recently lost 103 pounds and went from not being able to run a single mile without walking in 2018 to completing a double marathon in 2019. When he's not teaching or working on his businesses or training for a race, Tyler is doing his most important work, spending time with his incredible wife and four amazing kids. So Tyler has a lot to share with us today and I cannot wait to dive into this conversation. Weight loss, health, fitness, they all look different to everyone. But in this episode, we're going to explore Tyler's story, talk about his failures, and better yet, dig into his successes and learn how to apply those to our own lives. So are you ready for a surge of inspiration? Are you ready to hear Tyler's incredible story? If so, let's go. Tyler, my man, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely, man. I'm excited to dive into this. But before we do, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what's your story? <laughs> um, well, my story is a long one, so I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. I, I'm, a school, I'm a school teacher. And so the heart of most everything I do is about teaching others and, and helping others to, to live lives of, of production of uh, you know, joy. And, and so I've been teaching for a long time. I, I was a professor for 10 years and now I'm teaching elementary school. So I kind of did that backwards. Most people usually teach elementary or secondary first and then become professors. Um, I did the opposite of that. And I've been teaching fifth grade for a few years now and I'm loving it. Um, and so that's kind of my life in a nutshell. Uh, I like to do lots of things. I have lots of hobbies and, and, but most of my life revolves around, my 27 kids at school and my four kids at home. Wow. 27 at school and four at home. That's incredible, man. Well, you know, I think we connected in a podcasting community and one thing that really stood out, and I know you have a YouTube channel, 
around this topic, but I think you kind of had the tagline from couch potato to ultra marathoner. So I know there's a story there. Yeah. Um, I don't think I said couch potato because I've never been totally inactive, but I was certainly a really fat, less active person. Um, a, a few years ago, I, I topped out at 306 pounds. Um, I'm six feet tall, so, you know, I was pretty round. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I've, I've also been a runner all my life. So even when I was super overweight, I ran a marathon at 280 pounds. Um, Dude, that's awesome. Well, I was really slow, <laughs> but I've, <laughs> I've tried, you know, I, it was never my goal in life to be the morbidly obese person. Um, I, I wanted to be healthy. I just, it, it just wasn't working for me. And so, um, that's, that's where I was at a few years ago when I actually, I didn't even decide to do an ultra marathon until I'd lost a lot of weight, but, um, yeah. Do you want that whole story? I, are you short version? Man, yeah, if you want to share it, because I think you did this in what, less than a year or was it right yeah. about a year? Well, it technically, you know, and you know this because of what you talk about on, on your podcast with goals, it's mindset first, right? And and so changing the mindset and, and getting the education, that was a, a long period. I, you know, I've been gaining weight for 20 years and during that process, I've learned on you know, what things made me gain weight, what things made me feel unhealthy and be unhealthy. And so the mindset took some time. But once I actually started losing weight, then yeah, I lost 103 pounds in just under a year. So um, it seems like it went really fast, but it, it really didn't when you, you consider how long I'd been trying just unsuccessfully. And, and that's the thing with setting goals, right, is we, we get really good at failing. And and the people who don't accomplish their goals are the ones that fail and then stop trying. But um, right. I just kept trying. So the, the reason it happened for me is my wife sat me down. She had an intervention, right? So she pulled me aside and, and told me how worried she was for me. I didn't know at the time how unhealthy I was. Um, I knew I was overweight, but like I didn't know obesity actually has classifications. And the third classification is morbidly obese. And that literally means you're probably going to die, right? Morbid has to do with death. And I was just at that stage where I had hit morbid obesity. I was over 40% body fat. And so she sat me down and said, look, we have friends our age that are have major health problems because of their weight. And if you don't change something, I'm afraid that I'm going to be a single mom before too long. Wow. And so that, that was a wake-up call for me. And again, it wasn't because I wasn't trying. It wasn't because I didn't care, you know, about my wife or my kids. It's because I hadn't found the right formula for success yet. And so I recommitted to her that night, okay, I'm going to make some changes in my life. So I started doing more research. I started listening to podcasts that had to do with weight loss and watched YouTube videos. And over the next four or five months, I, I tried a lot of things out. And I failed. Uh, I failed miserably. In fact, I gained another 10 to 15 pounds over the next several months. Wow. And it, it was kind of humiliating to me because I thought I was doing all the right things. I started exercising a lot more. I gave up sugar and a lot of processed foods, but things just weren't clicking the right way. And so 
rather than quit, I kept researching and trying different experiments. I tried two or three weeks with no dairy or two or three weeks with, you know, I, I gave up fruit for a while because of the natural sugar and tried different things like that to see how my body would respond. And, and during that time, even as I gained weight, I was learning about my body and listening to my body. And so I was learning a lot during that time. Um, as a school teacher, when the summer comes, you have more flexibility over your schedule. And that's for me when everything came together. So when the first day of summer hit, that's when I went out, I went running and couldn't make it a mile, um, just sweating and feeling horrible. But I had promised my wife that I was going to make some changes that year. So, you know, in my yearly, res you know, you talk about the, your New Year's resolutions. Mine started in um, late May that year. Rock and, on, man. That's awesome. And, and rather than having 50 goals, like a lot of people when they start their new year and they, they have a goal for everything, I had narrowed it down to one goal. And my goal was to lose 40 pounds. That would take me from morbidly obese to just overweight. I would still be a big overweight guy, but I, I wanted to get out of that obesity range. So on that first day of summer, I went running, didn't make it very far, but the next day I went again. And the day after that, I went again. And while I'm doing that, I was eating healthier foods, giving up sugar, giving up a lot of processed foods, and it all came together at the right time. So then the weight started coming off. And by the end of the summer, I'd lost the 40 pounds, uh, but I'd also established some really good habits, uh, you know, in the process. My, my goal wasn't to follow a diet. I wasn't paleo or keto or anything like that. My goal in, in the weight loss was anything I do now, I want to be able to do 20 years from now. So if, you know, if it's giving up a certain kind of food or, or trying a new kind of activity, it's something I want to do for the long term. And so I, by the end of that summer, I'd established a lot of really good habits, both with eating, but also with health and exercise. And so the weight kept coming off and I got to where I'd lost 75 pounds and I had lost weight while I was on my first cruise. I lost weight over the holidays and feeling really good, but I had also kind of plateaued where I wasn't losing weight anymore. And that's where I started thinking, okay, losing 100 pounds in a year would be really cool. So then I set some really difficult goals as far as fitness to kind of go to the next level. So I started lifting weights more and doing things um, to, to really get more of a burn and that got that last 25 pounds. So I lost the hundred pounds in a year. Man, that's awesome. That, that's super incredible. Kudos for starting in the middle of the year too, by the way. I mean, <laughs> uh, so many people postpone their self-improvement just for new year's. Right. Yeah. And I love that you said a lot of people have 50 goals. They're going to, they're going to read a hundred books this year. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. And I read a book last year called the one thing. Uh, by uh, I've, I've read the one thing. Yep. Yeah. And, and so it's awesome that, that you made that your one thing and you just focused on it, uh, so intently. So that, that's awesome, man. I, I'm really, I don't know you that well, but I'm proud of you because that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a major accomplishment. Um, so I, you kind of told the story of your wife having an intervention with uh -huh. you. And I know that, you know, I think a lot of people have had that conversation with loved ones, but it hasn't stuck. Um, you talked about doing things for the long term. Um, so what motivated you or what kept you, what was the driving force that kept you motivated for a whole year? How did you avoid, avoid that, you know, three or four week fizzle? Yeah, I think, um, part of it was, I, 
and a lot of people who lose a lot of weight say that they, most people lose weight for one of two reasons. They have some sort of major health scare um, where they have a heart attack or, or something like that, or they're preparing for some major event, a wedding or, or to go, I don't know, whatever. And what happens is the people that are losing weight for an event to fit into the right dress or whatever, they almost always gain it back with interest. The people who have the health scare also usually gain it back, but they're more successful. And I think the reason being is because it's a, a mindset shift. And so when you really decide, I need to change my life, I don't need to change my weight, I don't need to change my waistline, but I need to change my life to be healthy, um, not just to look better, that goes a really long way. And so um, that's part of it. But then I did a few things that were really smart that year. And, and one of those things was to have accountability partners. Now, of course, my wife was my primary accountability partner. She followed up with me. We set goals together, you know, small goals along the way to keep up. So once I hit like a weight loss goal, we'd say, okay, well, what's the next goal? Let's go. It was my our 15-year uh, wedding anniversary. We're going on our first cruise. And I said, okay, the next thing I want to do is lose weight on a cruise. Everyone says, I'm going to gain 20 pounds on this cruise. Let's figure out a way to do it. And she supported me. And, you know, that's hard for, it was her first cruise too. She wanted to go pig out and have fun. And we did, we definitely picked out and, and we had a good time, but we had a plan and it's because we were working together. Um, and not only with my wife, but I, I had told my students I was going to lose my weight. I told my kids, I put it out on social media. So I was on the hook. If, if I felt I was going to fail, fail in a big fashion, you know, because I had yeah, people cheering awesome. me on. And I even, I started recording a video every week where I would report this, this is my goal for the week. This is how I did last week. And I thought maybe I'll put this on YouTube one day or something. The truth is I have never shown anyone any of those videos but it still felt like I was going to. And so it held me accountable and that was really helpful. That's awesome, man. That's to lose weight on a cruise. Cause you know, I would be drinking, I would be I, eating like crazy. So kudos. I actually watched your <laughs> YouTube channel about that. Uh -huh. um, Cause the, the title really captured me. I'm like, how do you, how do you lose weight on a cruise? But you were hitting the gym so yeah. you were, you know, even while you were on the boat or the ship, I guess you would call it, you're, you're working out. So that's awesome. Uh, speaking of your YouTube channel, uh, you know, uh -huh. I'm all about goal setting. If you, if you looked at my blog at all, i last year, I literally wrote a book on goal setting and one of your video titles was called, sometimes you just need to throw your goals out the window. And I would agree with you. Um, but can you talk about your reasoning behind this? Cause I, I agree. I just want to, I want to hear you tell it. Yeah. So I don't, I think I know which video you're talking about. I think it's when my daughter was in the hospital. And so I have a daughter that has asthma. Um, she's our youngest and, um, I, she, she had her asthma flare up and we ended up spending, this was about a year ago, um, from right now. And she had, she got the flu. So the flu complex, you know, combined with her asthma was really scary. I mean, if anyone's going to freak out right now during COVID, it's us because that's who it targets is people that, that have compromised um, lungs and, and right. breathing. And so my daughter's really susceptible to stuff like that. And while I was in the hospital, I had to let go of some of my health and my weight loss. Obviously, I'm not going to find a treadmill while I'm in with my five-year-old in the hospital. Um, but it was a good chance to set back and, and reset, 
relax on some of the things and, and get the bigger picture. I'm doing the same thing right now. I have a lot of ambitious goals. I'm, I'm finishing a book right now on transformation. Um, I've already published a few other books, but I have a lot of projects that I put on hold because my students are really struggling right now in the midst of this COVID-19. So I threw all my big projects that I've been working on really consistently for the last six months to a year. I, I put them all on hold so I could create um, resources for my students. So I started a new YouTube channel. I've been reaching out. It's weird. I'm doing what you do, you know, as a, a host where I'm having people come on to my virtual school assemblies. And I, you know, I, I'm having Olympian come on this week. I've, I had the, the guy that created the first viral video on YouTube was our first episode. I had a professional basketball player this week. So I'm reaching That's out awesome. to people. I never thought I'd talk to these really cool people, but um, I had to put everything on hold because right now my students are more important than my own personal goals. And, and I think we just need to do that sometimes. We need to step back and see what's the big picture. Yeah, I think what's significant, you know, is really important. So similarly, last year, I was trying to keep my blog posts, go, my blog going weekly, my podcast going weekly, but I wanted to write a book myself. And kudos mm -hmm. for having published several books, by the way. That's awesome. I, I've done one and it was a heck of a task. <laughs> the second one's a lot easier. I bet. I bet. So, you know, I was struggling to get it all done and I had to put everything on hold to focus on that book that became my one thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, I traded some of my goals for some of my other goals. You're doing it for a completely unselfish reason. You're helping your kids. And, and that's super awesome that you're getting these big name people. Uh, it's kind of pushed you into this new adventure. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah it, it's, and it truly has been an adventure. But I think that's one of the really cool things about being alive right now is COVID-19 has been such an opportunity for people who are looking for opportunity, right? right? We're home, we're changing our schedule, it's uncomfortable, but if you're willing to work hard, if you're willing to do a some hustle, there, there are so many great things out there. And so it's easy for me to say, okay, everyone else is putting their lives on hold right now because they're being forced to, right? And so I can choose to put some things on hold for the betterment of the, the world around me. It, it doesn't feel like much of a sacrifice right now, honestly. Well, that's, that's cool. I mean, I think the reality is sometimes, you know, we set these goals and maybe we are struggling to achieve them or working really hard and we're frustrated with ourselves for whatever reason. And it's good, like you said, to take a step back, to reassess and, and just know that, uh, you can change things. Things can evolve over time. Maybe there's new variables in your life that are more important, more significant than the goals you were, you were striving for. So I think it's important to shoot for goals, but I also loved your video. I love the title. Sometimes you just have to throw them out the window and some, <laughs> sometimes you just have to reassess. So I think that was awesome. Yeah. So I was, you know, obviously I was creeping on your YouTube channel and there was another video where you were talking about losing six pounds one week and then losing no pounds or, or gaining some, some weight the next week. And it was very uh -huh. up and down, you know, and I think whether it's weight loss or career goals, relationship goals, uh, side hustle goals, whatever it is, there's going to be ups and downs There's struggles or setbacks. So do you have any advice that people can take home on how to deal with setbacks, challenges, or frankly, just things not going right? 
Right. Sure. You know, it's really hard when you have goals and you've been working hard after those goals. And especially if you work consistently to see fluctuations. Um, but now's a really good time to think about stuff like that. If you, if you think about the stock market, never has the stock market been so volatile, right? It, it's super high one day. I think today the S and P was up three and a half percent, which normally would be like a historic day that would be in all the headlines in the papers. We've never seen this kind of growth in the stock market, but tomorrow it'll probably drop 6%, right? It's just yeah. up and down. It's all over the place. What matters is the trend. Now, we're seeing a negative trend in the stock market right now because of what's happening in the world around us. Now, so we're not going to blame the banks. We're not going to blame the, you know, the airline industry. It's not their fault that the market's going crazy. That's just, it is what it is. What we need to remember is how to take advantage. You know, Warren Buffett says, be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. And, and look for opportunities, but then really look at the trends. Now, if we're looking at the short-term trend, the three-month trend in the stock market, it's depressing. But if we look at the last 20 years, and that's what matters for most goals, right? If we're looking at our long-term development as human beings and, and developing talents, developing skills, accumulating wealth. And so if we look at 20 or 30 years, right now is like the best time ever to invest. And so if we keep working at it, even though things are depressing, you know, even my kids, my, my six-year-old bought um, some shares of, oh, I think Ford Motor Company last week. She, I, I told her, you know, it's at an all-time low. You can buy a share of Ford for four bucks. So she bought it and then it went down another 10%. So she lost 40 cents and she's all depressed that she lost 40 cents. But then this week she made a dollar or whatever. And, and so looking at these minor fluctuations, it's hard for kids to get that. But as adults, we can see with hindsight that if you just are consistent, if you weather the storms, you're going to come out on top. And, and it's really hard when you have setbacks. When I gained weight um, in the midst of trying to lose weight, it's really hard to hop on that scale and be like, well, I, I ran 60 miles this week. How did I gain weight? You know, how's that even possible? And there's so many factors that go into that. Well, maybe it's because I drink 200 ounces of water every day, you know, and so I have more water weight. I, and I actually, in the, the year that I lost 100 pounds, my percentage of body water actually went from 44% to 59%. So I had another 20 pounds of water. If I had kept that percentage the same, I would have lost 130 pounds. But wow. I was healthier by drinking more water. So it, it's, you have to recognize that there are factors sometimes that we don't understand and sometimes outside our control that, that add to those fluctuations. If we're consistent and we work hard, it always, always works out. Man, that was, that was an amazing answer. I, I have never thought about it that way. I mean, you're always talking about the, you know, the ups and downs. I'm always talking about the ups and downs of goal setting. And you compared that to daily fluctuations, but don't look at the fluctuations, look at the trend. If you're working hard and you're trending up, that's something to be proud of. That's something to celebrate uh, in spite of those, those ups and downs. So that's, that's tremendous. You also talked about long-term. So I think some of us, myself included from time to time, get fixated on instant gratification, overnight success. And so, and you said kids have a hard time understanding those daily fluctuations, but I think even us as adults have, have trouble sometimes because we get so fixated on instant results. And so it's hard to remember those trends. It's hard to step back and see the big picture. What would you say the secret 
to just maintaining that long success. You've mentioned several times already, 20 years. I want to be able to do this in 20 years, long term, Mm -hmm. long term. I think for a lot of people, it's hard to think about life from 20 years from now. So so what's the what's the secret there? It, it is. I don't know if I know the secret. I know some things that help. Um, one thing that helps is having a good support system around you. You know, um, the, the Jim Rohn quote about being the combination of the five people you're closest to or however that goes. I think there's a lot of truth in that. If you hang out with cool people who are working on doing cool things, you're going to see growth over the long term because they're invested in you and you want to rise to their level. Um, I was fortunate enough to, to marry up in my life. And so, you know, I'll never be as amazing as my wife, but I can aspire to that. And, and so that keeps me on, on that path. And, and when I need to kind of step away and look at the big picture, she definitely helps with, with that. Um, I think, you know, the other thing is education. I, I'm a, a lifelong educator and when you're listening to podcasts like this one, when you're watching YouTube videos, when you're looking for ways to be inspired, it helps us to step back and step away from our own immediate problems to look at the bigger picture. And so, you know, you joked about reading 100 books. I've read 84 so far this year. So I'm, I'm getting close to the 100 books already. It's um, April. <laughs> I, I did 50 of them in January. I wanted to show my students that it was possible to read oh, a man. lot. I, I am such a slow reader. Oh, I couldn't. I, I, well, I mostly I, listen. I mostly okay. listen. I, I'm a runner and, and a commuter. And so I have a lot of time to plug in earphones. Okay. And so, you know, I probably physically out of those first 50, I probably read 10 and I listened to 40. Still but <laughs> but the, the key here is I'm, I'm, seeking education, right? I'm seeking learning. And whether that's through podcasts or books or, or other programming, um, I, I think that helps you to, to understand where you're at with things. You know, if you're doing something crazy hard, like writing and publishing your first book, you need to hear how other people did it. And I'm sure when you were in that process, you were trying to look at every blog post there's ever written, been written about how to publish your own book and, and listening to podcasts and and that's a way to, to see the big picture is see what other people are doing. That's awesome. I think education is so important. I'm still, I'm still kind of spinning at 100, 100 books because I was totally joking because I think they say the average CEO reads like 63 a year. Right. And when I was training for my half marathon last year, it did help me get through some more books because you're putting in miles, you're putting in time. Um, and, and you can listen to a lot of books that way, but I'm a miserably slow reader. So to sit down and read a, a lot, last year, my goal was one per month, just reading it. And right. I, I think I did 10, but this year my goal is 20 with mixing in audio as well. So right. that, that's cool. So, you know, we're talking about re- listening to books while running. So you crank mm-hmm. through a lot of books. So that must mean you're your fitness journey was a huge time investment, I would assume. Yeah, I would say the weight loss was 90% diet and 10% exercise. But what exercise does for me, I actually, um, I just wrote a talk for this. I was accepted to give a TED talk on the impact of exercise on learning. And I did a lot of research on, on brain boosts this idea that when you exercise, it's putting more oxygen and more blood in your brain, it actually activates your long-term memory and you learn better. 
And so part of the reason I run so much and do so much cardio, because if you're just trying to lose weight, lift weights, don't do cardio. Cardio is not as effective for losing weight. Um, but I like to do cardio because that's when I listen to things and my brain is more active. It's when I get my best ideas. So if I want to start a new project, a, a podcast or a YouTube channel, if I want to write a new book, almost every time I get a great idea for something, it's because I've been out exercising and my brain is active. So I do it for me. I don't do it to, to be healthier or to lose weight. Um, I changed what I ate to do that. But that's awesome. But I love running. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. Most of my great ideas come in the gym too. That's actually where uh, Daily New Year's was born. Was in the gym doing deadlifts. It's not surprising. So, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It and I love listening to books and running. I know a lot of people who just they have to have music or that upbeat. But I get lost in story, you know, and I kind of forget that that I'm running. Uh, so that that's awesome. So I guess what you're kind of saying then is is committing to weight loss or fitness doesn't necessarily mean a huge commitment of time necessarily. No, no, I don't think it has to at all. In fact, um, one of the things I discovered when I, I lost weight, there's a lot of myths about losing weight. One is that it's expensive, right? Cause to eat healthy foods, it, it's going to cost a lot of money. Well, the year that I lost a thousand pounds, I saved $2,000 on my grocery bill just on snacks. Wow. So that was enough money to pay. I didn't get a gym membership, but I did buy an exercise bike. I got more running gear. I was able to pay for other, um, I bought my first weight set. I'd never lifted weights before, but I used that all from the money I saved because I was eating healthier. The other thing is about not having enough time to exercise. Well, when you exercise, you feel better, you sleep better, you're more productive, so you actually have a lot more time because you're using that time more effectively and efficiently. And so when I started losing weight, I would get through the night better. I'd still, I've always been an early riser, but I moved from like 5.30 to 4.30 because I didn't need to sleep longer than that. I had more energy. I was sleeping better at night. So you save time by being healthy. You save money by being healthy. And then if you're looking at the actual time investment to get healthy, no, nah, it's mostly, and, and almost anyone who's lost weight will tell you the same thing. It's mostly a diet change. It's not an exercise change. Yeah. I've heard the saying, you cannot outwork a bad diet. I've heard that saying. Yeah, uh, I, I absolutely believe it. So I'm going to throw you a curveball here. Okay. So, <laughs> so this has nothing to do with weight loss at all. So when I was researching your website and different things, uh -huh. I saw that you, in addition to being a teacher, a writer and a speaker, you're also a designer. And right. I, I don't know how I stumbled upon this, but I'm a huge fan of Psych, the TV show. I think it's kind of a, there's a certain following behind that show. But yeah. how did you be, how did you come to design Sage Brocklebank, one of the characters, Buzz McNabs. How did you come by? How did you come to design his website? That's so random. Yeah, it, it is. And, and actually, I do very little design now. Usually, when I'm designing a website, it's for one of my own projects. I, I'm not taking on new clients. But as a teacher, I always have had summers available, right? Mm -hmm. And and I I always work during the summers. Um, mostly, I work to help my students. So I'm working on my own. Um, classroom materials and resources and things like that. But I also have to pay the bills. And so um, 
back when I was in college 20 years ago, I taught myself how to code and learn the basics of web design. And from that point forward, I, I would just make little sites here and there, you know, for family, for friends, mom and shop pops mom and pop shops, <laughs> mom and pop shops. And so I would just do little sites here and there to make a few bucks. Uh, but I never made very much money with it. And it was always kind of sad. So one day when I was out running, I got this great idea. I should reach out to some big time influencers, people who I've always wanted to know that don't have websites and volunteer to make them a website for free. So I could build my portfolio out, have better publicity and so one, it was just one afternoon, I sat down and I made a list of all my favorite people in the world. I, I looked at athletes, celebrities, um, you know, all sorts of different kinds of influencers. And I made this list. And then this was back, it wasn't pre, it was like pre-Twitter, but not pre-Facebook. So I was like kind of using social media to find these people. So I'd go like to the IMDB page and try to find contact information or I'd Google stock them and see if the, I could find their address to write them a letter or things like that. So I spent one afternoon just researching these 20, 30 people and Sage was on my list. So he, he's uh, an actor on my, it, at the time it was my favorite show, Psych. Uh, and uh, he was one of my favorite characters on the show. And I thought he's not one of the main characters. He might actually want a website. And so I actually found him on Facebook. He had a, a public Facebook page. And so really? I messaged him. Yeah, I, I messaged him on that. And then it went into that like secret folder in Facebook that no one ever checks that has your email messages from people out of network. And so it went in there and he didn't see it till months later. And I forgot about it. I, I contacted like 20 or 30 people or tried to and no one, of course, no one wrote me back. Uh, I looked at my own analytics and the only hit I got was um, there was another show at the time called Once Upon a Time. It's like this fairy tale show. And the main yeah. girl on it, um, she lived in New York. I had done enough internet stalking. I knew where she lived and she had pinged my website. So I knew she at least looked at my portfolio, but never contacted me. And so I like had a glimmer of hope and then forgot about it. <laughs> but then a few months passed and I got this message in Facebook from Sage. And he's like, Hey, I just got your message. Um, my mom's a teacher. I had explained in my message that I was a teacher. I was doing this on the side. And by this point, the next school year had started, but he's like, my mom's a teacher and I've always wanted a website. Let's talk. And so we set up a, a Skype call and started talking. And so I ended up building his site and then he had a few actor friends. So Patrick Sabangi, who's on The Flash um, and a few other people he referred me to and I built my portfolio and it totally worked. Like my idea to build my portfolio out and then I'd get bigger clients it worked and I started getting some really high paid web jobs and I realized I hated it. And I, and so, so I gave up on web design. It wasn't worth it to me, but I, I built a lot of really dear friends during that time. Um, you know, Sage became a really close friend. We've worked on other projects together. He runs some businesses on the side that I help him with. And I actually just had him on my new website, the virtual school assembly. He just had his episode was today. So um, we, We've worked together now for a long time and, and it was, you know, one of those things where just things aligned, but I guess the message for, for this podcast was I had a goal. I wanted to build my brand. I had a strategy and I implemented it and then I hustled like crazy um, and did what I could and, and then I kept moving on. Um, you know, it, it might not have worked, but had that not worked, 
I've actually lined up with other celebrities since then just because I hustle, you know? And so if you're willing to put in the work, eventually it pays off. That's awesome. I just, I spent the last seven years working at a website development company and I saw that on your website and psych is probably still my favorite show. Sean and Gus kill me. (laughs) I I love it. Um, and so I just had to ask about that. So that, that, that's really cool. So my next question, my next three questions are kind of rapid fire questions. And I think you kind of, I think you kind of just answered the first one, but it was Mm -hmm. how has goal setting played a role in your uh, role in your life in general? I think goals are important. I think, you know, we're seeing that right now with COVID-19. Some people are sitting at home and they're watching Netflix all day and they're living really unhealthy and it's taking their toll on their physical health, their mental health, their emotional health. And then other people are looking for opportunities. And when you have goals uh, and work towards those goals, you start achieving some level of success and that feeds into the next goal that you have. And so you're, you're always looking for the next bigger and better. After I lost weight, I didn't quit having goals. Uh, in fact, in the last year, I've gained about 15 pounds, but my body fat percentage has dropped another three or 4%. So I, I'm heavier now than I used to be, but I'm also healthier because that was my goal. It wasn't just reaching certain number. Right. Yeah. And so when we well, have goals, it, you know, it's the pursuit of that goal that enriches our life. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's powerful. And a lot of people with weight loss goals forget to consider that muscle weighs more than fat. And so if you're doing heavy lifting and you're not seeing the scale move, you could just be replacing, you know, you could just be replacing one for the other. So I'm glad you touched on that. But yeah, I think goal setting is so important. Um, It's always for me on to the next thing. And that I think for some people that can sound exhausting, but it's really what keeps me energized. If I didn't have something to focus my efforts on and keep me fulfilled, I think I'd be even more drained, you know? So goals really invigorate me. So if you could ask the listeners to take one action today, what would that action be? You know, I... This normally wouldn't be my advice, but given the current climate of what's happening in the world, I'd say one of the most important things you could do right now is try something new. I I think that's so important right now where there's an opportunity to to learn, to develop new skills. And and we are setting new goals, but a lot of people don't know what goals to set because they're in a a different environment than what they're used to. Um, They have different challenges. And so I'd say my advice right now is figure out something you want to learn or do and take a step towards that right now by, by trying something new. Yeah, absolutely. I think Skillshare is like eight or nine bucks a month and you have access to all these courses. Udemy has a ton of courses on sale right now. So um, I just bought a hundred dollar life coaching course for 15 bucks. And wow. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I think Udemy is kind of notorious for that whole markup markdown thing. Right, but, sure, sure. But yeah, I mean, if there's a hobby that you've wanted to learn and you can't leave your house, go check out some of these sites. And uh, now is the best time to, to give it a whirl. It really is. And it's amazing, you know, in getting deals on things and stuff like that. A lot of people really uh, are, are bending over backwards to to help right now. Um, I know in a similar vein, one of my friends, Josh Elledge, he, he runs a, a financial service and he's in branding and he has an $1,800 package for, for building up your online brand. I'll have to send you the link because you dig on this. Yeah. But he, he, he's giving it away for free. Um, just because wow. right now is a time when we can look at our own brands and, and development and 
I think he said he'd give it away free till he'd given over a half million dollars worth. And I think he, he's really close to that. So you'll have to take action soon, but, <laughs> but people want to help. And, and now's a good time to reach out. You know, when I started my YouTube channel just over a week ago, um, I started interviewing people in my own network and I know some really cool people, but then they were happy to say, well, I know so-and-so. And like I did an interview two days ago with a, an Olympic um, wrestling coach and he was someone from my own network. I knew him from the small town that I lived in in Wisconsin. Just an amazing guy. But when we finished our call, he said, you know, I coached someone who got the gold medal in the last Olympics. She was actually the number one interest story of that Olympics. A huge underdog story. And he's like, I bet she'd talk to you. Do you want me to talk to her and see if she wants to come on the show? And I'm like, heck yeah. But people want to help right now. This is a great time. So if you're starting something new or trying to develop a new skill, now's a good time to reach out to others and ask for help. Yeah, I love that. And it's not opportunistic. It's people are genuinely trying to help. And so why would you not kind of take advantage of that, especially if it's been something you've wanted to try for a long time? Exactly. So last question here, I have a mantra that I live by. It's just be, be a little bit better every day or just better every day for short. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that, that trend line that you talked about, as long sure. as I'm trending up even ever so slightly, I'm, I'm good. So do you have a mantra that you live by? And if you do, could you share it with us? I, you know, I don't have uh, anything that I've articulated as a mantra. Um, I would say it, as far as how I live my life, when when I die, I want to have a legacy. Uh, and the legacy for me, what's most important in my life is my four children and my wife. And so as far as how I live each day, the, the question that goes through my head is, how is this going to make their life better? How is this going to leave something for them as far as the legacy is concerned? And, and you know, because I live my life that way, I involve my kids in, in my pursuits. They, they're involved in my businesses. They're involved in my teaching. Um, my daughter published her first book when she was 10. Um, because awesome. we, we do these things together and we work as a family. And, and so, you know, it, that's not much of a mantra, but it's certainly what's most important to me. That's beautiful. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. So, man, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. I have loved this conversation. Truly, it's been it's been exciting. Where can people connect with you to learn more about you, to check out your videos and all the stuff that you're doing? Yeah. So my main hub is tylerchristensen.com and you spell Christensen, E-N-S-E-N. Um, and that's going to take you. It, most kids don't listen to podcasts, but any parents out there that have kids, this new project I'm working on, Virtual School Assembly, um, I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to do a lot of good for, for kids out there. So if you're on YouTube, just search for uh, Virtual School Assembly and you'll find that. But you'll find, you know, I do a lot of stuff. There's tons of stuff we didn't talk about today that I'm involved in. And so if you want to learn any of that stuff, just go to tylerchristensen.com. Fantastic. I will drop links to all of your social network profiles, your website, the virtual school assembly website. I'll drop links to all that in the description and the show notes. So you guys can check that out. So man, thanks again. Thanks again for being here. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun for me too. Love your show. Thanks so much, Tyler. Have a good night, man. All right, guys. So there you have it. My conversation with Tyler Christensen. I hope that you got as much out of this conversation as I did. Uh, Tyler's story is a huge inspiration to me. I know that, you know, we often hear stories about weight loss, 
but it's not just weight loss. We all have different goals. We all have different aspirations in our lives. And, you know, sometimes we're going to come up against setbacks and obstacles and failures. And so it was just really cool to hear how Tyler, after, you know, he admitted spending 20 years becoming overweight, and that's a long time to be going in one direction, to then suddenly try to go in a completely different direction. And, you know, he was really patient with himself. Uh, The first, I think he said, six months that he tried to lose the weight, he actually ended up gaining 10 to 15, you know, more pounds. Uh, So that can seem really discouraging, but Tyler didn't give up. He didn't quit. Uh, He kept trying. He kept experimenting. He kept looking for ways to succeed because he wanted to be healthy. He wanted to be healthy for his wife, his kids. He wants to, you know, live a long life with them. Uh, And he wants to be around for the long haul. I like how he said that, you know, anything he does today, he wants to be able to do 20 years from now. He really focuses on that trend line. Is his life trending in the right direction? And that's what I'm all about here at Daily New Year's. That's what I'm all about with goal setting. I think we got to keep our eye on the prize on the long term. What do we hope to build our lives into 15, 20 years from now? And what can we start doing today to bring those things about in our lives? That's the question we have to ask ourselves when we set our goals. So again, whether it's weight loss, if it's starting a new business, if whatever it is, you have to focus on the long term. You're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have daily struggles. Uh, Things aren't always going to go smooth. But if it's a goal that you really care about, if it's something you really want to bring about in your life, then focus on the long-term trend line. Is your life trending up every day? Are you becoming better every day? That's what we need to be focused on. So I hope you found tremendous value in this episode. I hope it sparks uh, some inspiration in your life. I hope it motivates you to uh, recenter your goals, refocus your efforts, and start becoming better every day. If it did, please consider sharing this episode and the entire podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, anyone in your circle that you think could benefit from hearing this message. Uh, I would so much appreciate it. I want to grow this show. I want to help as many people as I can. Uh, I want to have a positive impact on the world around me. And if you, you know, if you invested your time in this podcast today and found value, please help me bring that value to the other people in your lives. I would so appreciate it. I appreciate you spending your time with me here today. And like always, until next time, take care.